Hello, hi, and welcome to this episode of the Mandy Mayer Podcast. If you're new here, this podcast is everything about fat loss, achieving your fat loss goals, your health goals, your exercise goals, working on a better mindset when it comes to your body, when it comes to your weight, when it comes to getting healthy and losing fat. If you aren't new here and you've been listening to all the episodes, you know already that this is what this podcast is about. To every single one of you who have bought me a virtual coffee, massive, massive thank you. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. For those of you who have asked how you can do so, there is always going to be a link in the show notes of every single episode. So you just expand the show notes, read the description, and at the bottom there is a link. In today's topic, I am going to be chatting about snacking, everything snacking. And the reason for this is because I know a lot of the times, and when I say snacking, I say unwanted snacking that doesn't necessarily form part of your plan. The snacking that might bring the feeling of guilt around, the snacking that might bring that feeling of, oops, I've failed around. I'm going to tackle that and give you some strategies and hacks as to how you can move forward to combat that unwanted snacking. So I'm going to run through some hacks or strategies if you are living alone and you can create your own environment. I'm going to run through a couple of hacks if you do have kids and you do have their snacks around the house. Run through some hacks and advice on what to do if you're staying with someone, your partner, a friend, whoever who is not on the same journey as you and is bringing those high calorie snacks into the house. Also going to chat about that Uber Eats and their sneaky little timings of their notifications. It always fucking comes around snack time. So I'm going to chat about a couple of those things, but I want to start off with identifying why it is that you are snacking. It is so important for me that you take some time to get to the root reason of your snacking or your unwanted snacking. Let's put it that way, because you need to know why you're doing it, why you are turning to snacks, right? So that you can then implement a strategy that works for you. A lot of the times people just cut out snacking, oh, never going to snack again, and actually don't know why the snacking is taking place. You don't know, maybe your body is craving something, maybe your body needs some sort of nutrients and it's asking you for that certain snack. So it's always very important with anything that you do or anything that you want to tackle or navigate that you identify firstly why it is taking place. Four of the biggest reasons why unwanted snacking takes place is number one, it's habitual. Number two, stems from boredom. Number three, stems from restrictive diets during the day or during the week. And number four, it could stem from emotional needs that you're trying to find a coping mechanism or you're trying to seek comfort within food due to more emotions or stress. So those are the four main things, habitual boredom, eating, low calorie diets during the day, as well as emotional stress. And a lot of the times your unwanted snacking is mindless. It's a mindless activity that is taking place. A lot of times, like I said, it is very habitual. It's such a habit ingrained in what you do. Therefore, I say it's very mindless because you'll walk past the kitchen counter, you'll grab something without even thinking about it, and you'll put it in your mouth and you'll snack on it. So again, they can be mindless, very mindless, as well as very habitual. That's something you would maybe do every time you walk past the kitchen. I know for a fact with myself, every time I go back to my mom and dad's house for a visit, 
My mom has a, or used to have a snack cupboard when us kids lived there. And every time I go back there now, at the young tender age of 37 years old, I go back there, I go straight to that bloody snack cupboard. And it's not because I'm hungry, it's because it's habitual. When I grew up, that was where I went the whole time. And so as soon as I walk into my mom and dad's house now, Boom, Mandy, where are you? Straight for the snack cupboard. I open it. I just stare into it. It's not even a snack cupboard anymore. It's a, I have no idea what's some machine or something in the cupboard, a blender. I don't even know. And I know that, but I still go straight back to that cupboard because it's habitual. So you need to identify why the unwanted snacking is taking place. Very important thing. This you can do by journaling, you can start jotting down little thoughts that come to your mind when that craving hits. Ask yourself in that moment, what are you feeling? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling bored? Do you just feel like having a snack? What is it? Are you extra emotional? Did you just have a fight with your partner? Write these things down so that you can, number one, acknowledge them. Number two, like I said, identify them. And then number three, Use that information and actively start working on combating those cravings. Snack attack strategies for if you are living alone and you can create your own environment. Remember, your environment plays a massive role within your success. Many times I will hear people saying, oh, but I've got such bad willpower. And I'm like, well, what does your environment look like? Yeah, we've got a snack cupboard. We've got this. Well, then no, it's not your willpower that's bad. It's your environment that is full of temptations. And the moment the, you are surrounded by temptations, it becomes very difficult not to be tempted into having those things. Think about it for a moment, right? So if you do live alone and you can create your own environment, make sure you're creating an environment that is setting you up for success. So you can look at removing those temptations from your environment and then if you do feel like having that snack, you can go and get them at the shop in that moment, right? So we call that a go-get snack. So you're not keeping the snacks around the house, but they're there in the shop and you have to then in that moment get changed, get your clothes on, get in your car or go for a walk, go to the shop and go get those snacks. Now, here is the beauty of that hack or that strategy is, remember I said a lot of the times your snacking is habitual. So if it's in the house, out of habit, you might turn to going to have that snack. If you have to go get that snack at the shop, it's not because it's just extra energy that you've got to put into it to go and get the snack, but it also gives you that brief moment to think about as to whether you really, really want that snack, whether you really, really need that snack, or if you can actually do without that snack. So essentially what it's doing is it's buying you time to make a calculated decision. And most of the time in that moment, you will then decide against having the snack and maybe having a banana, maybe having a low calorie snack of your choice, or maybe having a glass of water or just ignoring it because either you were bored or it was habitual. So it's so important to remember that you that moment where there is no snack to grab 
Use that moment to be mindful to think about it. And that's where the journaling comes into play or the food and mood journal, if you want to call it that. Gives you a moment to jot down a couple of things that you are feeling and then make a calculated decision. Now, let's move on to the topic that was brought up by many people saying, okay, cool, that strategy is great, but what if we have kids? What if the kids have snacks in the house? Now, fear not, there are strategies for that as well. And I want you to keep in the back of your mind or actually in the front of your mind to create that idea of creating a split second where you can think about what you are doing. So you, in that split second, when you're thinking about what you're doing, you can then start breaking that unwanted habit if it is habitual, which most of the time it is habitual. So if you have to have snacks in the house, or if you want to have snacks in the house, higher calorie snacks for that matter, you can look at a couple of ways of moving forward, right? So you could put them, instead of having them, the snacks that is, not your kids, instead of having the snacks in a see-through container, put the snacks in a container that you can't see through. I know that sounds silly, but again, if you're constantly looking at something, you're constantly going to be tempted into consuming that. The moment you can't see them, they're out of sight, they're out of mind in that moment. Then that takes me to the next step. Put them in a place that is not convenient to reach at any given point during the day. So again, in that moment, let's say you're like, oh, I want to have a snack. Now, number one, you can't see them. Number two, they're in an inconvenient place. Now, that on its own, right, is not necessarily going to be a snack saver. See what I did there? Lifesaver turned into a snack saver. But in that moment where you can't see them and they are not in a convenient space, it brings you back to that point of then having a moment of clarity where you can then be mindful and say, oh, do I really need that snack or do I just want to have it right now? And another thing that you can do, right, and don't laugh when I say this because it really will work, is every household has one designated snack cupboard, right? And like I said to you, every time I go to my mom's house, I will open that snack cupboard, the X snack cupboard, which is no longer a snack cupboard because it's habitual. If you change your snack cupboard on a regular basis, daily basis, weekly basis, whatever it is, so now... You don't have one designated snack cupboard. Every day, the snack cupboard is in a different place. Think about it for a moment. If you go to that snack cupboard out of habit and you open that designated snack cupboard now and there's no snacks in it because now you've put the kitchen equipment in that cupboard and you've changed the snacks to the kitchen equipment cupboard, in that moment, you are buying yourself time to make a calculated decision as to whether you want to proceed with that habit that doesn't necessarily align with your goals, or if you want to take a step back and maybe have a habit that does align with your goals, such as having a glass of water or doing 10 squats on the spot. But again, changing the snack cupboard, the placement of your snacks on a very regular basis really will help you break that habit because now you open that cupboard, boom, there's no more snacks there. In that moment, you'd be exceptionally mindful and you're like, no, 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 what am I doing? So it takes you back to reality. You're like, oh, no snacks there. Hmm, do I really need it or do I just want it? 
Another thing you can do is have a fruit bowl. So now your snacks are in a non-see-through container. They're in a inconvenient place to reach. You change in that place every now and again. Have a fruit bowl where you can see it. Make sure it's fully stocked with fruit. So in that moment, you go in search for the snacks that you can't see. You then see the fruit and it can play a big role in your decision-making process when you are about to reach for the unwanted snacks. If you do know that you have a lot of snacks in the house for your kids' lunch boxes, what you can do is work one of those snacks into your calorie goals for the day in case at the end of the day, at night, you feel like having that snack. So now you've already included a small packet of tennis biscuits into your calories for the day. There is so much importance in that because once it's included into the plan and you do end up having it in the evening, there's no guilt associated with it. But if you fight that snack and it's not part of the plan and you have it, a lot of the times that is where the guilt comes into play as well. Now, if you include that that snack into your calorie plan for the day, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have it. But if you do have it, then at least it was part of your plan for the day. And then you're like, oh, it's not, I'm not on such a restrictive plan at the end of the day anyway. And a lot of the times it actually takes that craving of your snacks away. Because remember, when you tell yourself you can't have something, you can't have it, you can't have it, that's when you actually want it even more. It's like when my mom and dad told me I couldn't do something as a kid. I then went and did it. I did it to show them that I can do it because now I was inquisitive. I'm like, why are they telling me I can't do it? You can't do it, Mandy. You can't do it. You can't do it. And then I went and did it. But the moment they said to me that I could do certain things, I was like, yeah, cool. I'm not even interested in actually doing it. Let's say you've got a big bag of potato chips, Lay's potato chips in your house and you winding down for the evening and you're about to go and sit on the couch and watch an episode of your favorite show on Netflix. Most of the time what will happen is you'll take that big bag of potato chips with you and that's where you could potentially mindlessly eat that entire bag of potato chips. Now here's a hack that can work as well is instead of taking the big, the entire bag of potato chips with you to the couch, Take a handful in a bowl, go and sit on the couch. As soon as that bowl of chips is finished, in that moment, you then have to get up and go back to the kitchen to refill that bowl. That is the moment where you're buying yourself time to rethink your decision. But you will never be able to buy yourself time to rethink that decision if you've got the entire bag with you to start off with. So again, you can see it's about buying yourself time, being mindful in that moment. The moment you have to get up from the couch and go back to the kitchen, that's where then you can say, mm, Time to make a calculated decision, yeah. Now, I also know there's a big debate on why you have snacks of high calorie values around the house for your kids if you don't necessarily want to have it, etc., etc. I'm not here to tell you what snacks to give to your kids. I am not in the position to tell you what to feed your kids at the end of the day. Hence why I'm giving you strategies to work forward 
with having higher calorie snacks within your house. One thing I will say when it comes to, I'm going to say when it comes to kids, but even myself and the friends and the family I surround myself with, I want to set an example to them so that they can sort of learn from what I am doing. So essentially that's what you would want to look for or try and do as well. Again, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but you want to be the example of the creating healthier habits and a lifestyle to those around you. Now we move on to you having a partner in the house, living with someone, whether it's your husband, your wife, whether it's a friend, whether it's a colleague, whatever it is, you living with someone, this someone is bringing high calorie snacks into the house and they don't align with your goals. One thing I always want you to remember is that not everyone is on the same journey as yourself with regards to wanting to change your lifestyle, become healthier, etc, etc. That's one thing that we do need to accept, right? And I know at that stage when I was living with my ex, he wasn't on the same mission as myself. So there were still high calorie foods coming into the house. There were still high calorie snacks coming into the house. And it's not something that I could avoid because he wasn't on the same mission as myself, right? So how do we navigate that? And how do we move forward with staying on track with our plans or your plan if you don't have someone that's on the same mission with you and you are living with them? Number one, you're going to have to have a chat with said person, right? As difficult as it is, you're going to have to have a chat with said person. And by having a chat, I don't mean you telling them, oh, you cannot bring any high calorie foods into the house because it doesn't align with my goals. You have to have a chat with said person. Tell them what your goals are and what sort of support support you would appreciate. And again, that support might not necessarily be no high calorie foods in the house though, right? It could be moral support, could be emotional support, it could be physical support. And by physical support, I mean, it could be patla patla, you know, burns calories as well, or it could be going for a walk with you around the block. But again, don't expect every single little thing from that person because a lot of the times I know I did I had my expectations exceptionally high and when my ex wasn't part of the plan I became a little bit upset right but then I realized I also had to make peace with the fact that he wasn't on the same mission as myself and I couldn't force him to do everything that I wanted to do because that was just going to cause resentment and possibly remove the support that I was getting from him because of the resentment. So let's say, for example, it was pizza night, right? Immediately, I would be like, cool, you can continue having your pizza this is the options that I am going to have. So if you go after work to get pizzas, what would usually happen is he would get two pizzas, one for himself and one for me. Then I'd be like, okay, instead of pizzas, I'm going to have X, Y, and Z. So I'm not taking away from the fact that we're having dinner out, but my options then became a smarter option. Let's say, for example, I knew that in the evenings after everything was done, we would sit down and watch TV and I knew that the bag of potato chips would come out. What I would do then is have lower calorie options for snacks. So a bowl, a small bowl of popcorn. What I used to do often was take an apple, slice it up and grill it so that I've got something crispy as well, but of a much lower calorie value. The reason I did this is because 
I knew that the snacking in front of the TV was still very habitual, and I knew with him snacking on potato chips in front of the TV, that may have triggered me, because now I've got no snacks. So instead of having no snacks, right, and just breaking the habit immediately, I then had lower calorie snacks, so that I, number one, didn't feel left out. Number two, I was still having that habit there, but it was more of a healthier habit that was aligned with my goals. And I know this is going to sound cheeky, but sometimes you have to have a streak of cheekiness within you when it comes to the person you are living with. If there was any guilt tripping taking place where he said, just have one beer, just have one this, just have one this, I would then flip it and say, that's cool. I'll have one of that if you just go for one walk with me in the morning. And immediately, because it was something he didn't want to do, he's like, "Hmm, yeah, maybe you don't need to have just one beer, right? Again, call them out. I know that sounds difficult and you might want to avoid conflict. Do it in a nice manner. Do it in a polite manner. Maybe add a little bit of cheekiness. But again, remember, it is your choices. It's your decisions. And at the end of the day, you need to do what is best for you. Unfortunately, there is no easy way to navigate this, right? You just need to be able to set up some boundaries. There needs to be some sort of middle grounds and there needs to be support from both sides. So you would need to have some support, whatever support it is from your partner, but also knowing that your partner is still has their own things that they're doing as well. And you've got to show some support from your side with regards to that as well. Again, like I said, very difficult one, but there has to be some sort of boundaries in place. And that can only be done by having a chat, whether it's a once-off chat or a regular chat to to continue moving forward with that partnership, your goals and their goals. And then lastly, what do we do with those apps such as Uber Eats, Mr. Delivery, Checkers 6060, Woolies Dash, etc., etc.? Those convenient apps that bring you your food to your house within a matter of split seconds or bring your snacks to the house within a matter of split seconds. If you do know that that is a stumbling block for you and you've got those apps on your phone, number one, until you feel more in control with your food choices or your snacking, disable the notifications on those apps because those notifications are sneaky little buggers, right? Those app people, they know exactly when to send you a notification. It will be in the evening, just before dinner. It will be after dinner. It will be around lunchtime. And that is the moment where it's sort of like, hmm, okay, cool. Look, a notification asking me if I'm snackish. Yes, I am snackish. Oh, let's proceed, right? So number one, deactivate the notifications. Number two, take it a step further if you're really struggling with control delete the app right now I know you're probably thinking oh that's not easy because I order all my food from it etc etc then if you do order your food from it download the app right order your food from it delete the app again probably not very feasible at all but you have to take into consideration that if it is the app that is making you stray off track on a regular basis and it is that that is causing you not to see progress, you have to make a decision as to what you're going to do with that app. That is very, very important. Because again, it acts as a temptation and the more temptations you have around you, the more difficult it 
is to control things, right? And again, it goes back to me saying it's not you that doesn't have willpower. It's so difficult to be in control when you've got all these influencing factors from outside. So again, you want to look at how you can control or manipulate the external influencing factors so that you can stay on track with what you are doing. I think you would be able to pick up that throughout this episode. I focused a lot on being mindful mindful about creating that moment of pausing, right, where you can then make a calculated decision as to whether you want to proceed with that unwanted snacking or not. So again, it's all about being mindful in that moment. It's about understanding that, cool, if you create that split second where you can create a moment of clarity for yourself, you can then potentially decide against it because it might not necessarily be aligning with your goals. But it's also very important to understand your body and know also that if you are reducing calories by a shitload during the week or during the days, that by the time the evening time comes or the weekend comes, you are going to be exceptionally hungry and your body is going to be craving the things that you have totally restricted during the week. So again, that is something to assess as well as you move forward. But again, with any of these hacks or any of these strategies, once you start putting them in place, they don't just magically sort of work on their own, you still need to make them work. And how do you do that? Like I said, number one, be very mindful in the moment. Be aware of how you are feeling. Be aware what of what is triggering that craving to snack, right? Because once you know all of that, it becomes... I don't want to use the word easier because it's it's not a lack of word, right? But it becomes you feel more in control at the end of the day. Okay. On that note, I'm going to love and leave you like I usually do. Keep smiling, keep laughing, and keep being kind to one another. Much love. Your friend who knows that you can work on a plan to reduce that unwanted snacking. Mandy.